Uh, we're back. You know, it's funny if you uh, watch this video online, we're, we're never actually gone. Timeless. Yeah, a little weird. Yeah. I don't know if I like the idea of being online forever. forever. Yeah, it's, it's a long... A long time, you know. We're really lucky as uh, as teenagers. We didn't have uh, someone recording our every move. Which no, I don't think I could do a Christian podcast if that were true. <laughs> Luckily, forgiveness and grace and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Full circle, right there. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. But uh, today, this is episode ten. Yeah, yeah. So got some things about God today. Uh, yeah, we do. Yeah, and last week, if you tuned in, uh, we really got into some heart stuff, and it was. I think really, really tangible in that space. Today, we're going a completely different direction. So if you love science and you get into some big stuff, big concepts, you're going to dig this. Yeah, it's it it really links back in a lot of ways back to the the formula and and really about to belief, Uh, because I think as we've as we go through our lives every day, you know, and, and actually a lot of this podcast was written in response to, I, I spent a lot of time on YouTube, obviously, uh, doing research and things of that nature. And there was a number of conversations between two atheists who were sort of arguing the the better points of, of the Muslim religion versus the Christian religion. But the irony was they were both atheists. And, and there's so much of that out there, so much of atheism, so much of science and things that really make our religion feel illogical mm-hmm. that I think no matter how good of a Christian you are, that seeps in a little bit mm-hmm. and you box God up and you put him over in a little bit of a corner and he just sort of sits there. And as a result, he cannot be who he was supposed to be. And so we're going to dig in, like you said, into a little science today. I think science, quote unquote, is coming around to our point of view, mm-hmm. which is interesting in and of itself. But before we get into this week's topic, um, maybe I'll talk a little bit about uh, last week's. So yeah, last week. Yeah. Last week we essentially did uh, we did the concept of of the sword using the word to battle the stories we tell ourselves. We outlined various uh, verses. So for me, uh, the verse that really kind of hung with me a little bit was Philippians four thirteen. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I think I mentioned at some point my struggle is envy. Mm-hmm. And envy at at the core of envy is a disbelief in oneself and a scarcity mindset. So it's a sort of an evil combination of those two two things. What it ends up le- leading you to do is to doubt your path and consider copying the paths of others mm-hmm. because you know, you're looking over there and going, well, he's got what I want. So you think, well, maybe I should be doing what he's doing. This prevents you from sort of fulfilling your unique purpose in Christ. And so I did a lot of that. I did a lot of trying to copy studying other people and mm-hmm. their process. I did a lot of that and I kept trying to copy them. That never felt right. It never felt natural. But if I could hide this verse in my heart, right, and really believe that I am enough, I know that I could start to focus on the task God has put in front of me today mm-hmm. and that I could have faith that my dreams would be achieved if I just focus on those goals. I don't have to copy anybody else's approach anymore, yeah. right? I can chase my own. And ever since I've been doing that and getting closer and closer to me mm-hmm. and my path and believing it is possible going down my road, life has gotten a lot better and yeah. a lot more interesting. So that was the big takeaway for me. Did you, what about you? Yeah, did you have yeah. anything? Uh, so Galatians 3.26 for me, uh, for in Christ Jesus, I am a son of God through faith. So I struggle with that that self-worth question. Am I enough? 
Have I done enough? But when I submit myself to this verse, two things stand out, and they really offer me this incredible strength and this this assurance of victory. Mm. So the first one, I'm a son of God, okay? So he loves me, and he has a plan for me. Mm-hmm. And that gives me some strength, and that gives me hope. But the last part, through faith, like that's just a big hook for me. Uh, so through faith, Matthew seventeen twenty. So even in my uncertainty during my negative self-talk, when I'm believing the lies that I've told myself that I'm not enough mm-hmm. and all the actions that I've taken to become enough on my own direction, uh, apart from what God has said is true. Right. So when I remain in my uncertainty and that negative self-talk, uh, I am and continue to remain in his comfort and his identity that he's already spoken onto my soul. And I have assurance of victory because he said I was enough in that brokenness. Mm. So you just break that out. It means I don't have to fix myself first to then become enough. Oh, wow. And in that, now I have I have absolute victory. You know, I've always heard that in terms of salvation. Mm. Like you don't have to be fixed before you can get yeah, saved. Absolutely. I love what you just said there because I've never thought of that in terms of being enough for your dream. Right. Yes. I've always thought, oh, well, you know, learn the skill, do this thing. And I think that also leads to a lot of procrastination and people putting off pursuing their goal because they're waiting to be enough, waiting to know enough, waiting to have the right friends and connections and so Mm -hmm. on and so forth before they pursue their goal. I, I, I honestly had never thought of it like that. I really do. I dig that. I dig that a lot. Yeah. Mm. This is a, a way that I have created micro barriers that have prevented me from taking massive action towards mm-hmm. a dream. Because if I roll it all back, I first have to accomplish something mm-hmm. to get over the micro barrier. Yeah. I mean, how could I have a podcast if I wasn't, you know, a seminary graduate and absolutely so on and so forth? Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. In- interesting. Yep. So I land here for Second Corinthians twelve nine. A guy named Paul wrote large chunk of the Bible, he has uh, an answer to this. He he described it. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. That's what Christ said to Paul. And for power is perfected in weakness. It's a little bit later in that verse, for Christ's strength, strength. When I am weak, I am strong. So again, there's a resistance. I don't have to bump into that. I can just be weak in my own believe, faith. Boom, I can rip out lies of my identity because grace is and mercy is available to me. Wow. That's, that's extremely powerful. I mean, you can tell just sort of from those two stories mm-hmm. that last week was a really heavy week. Yep. And to be honest, I was emotionally exhausted from the spiritual battle that ensued from, yeah. from that. And I think the more you sort of rip into the lies that Satan has you held down with, uh, the more you expose yourself to him kind of pushing against that. But if you really embrace the lessons of last week's episode, a lot mm-hmm. of our listeners might be feeling the same yeah. way. So this week we're going to take a, we're going to take a break uh, from the battle in our hearts, which is the place our identity resides. That's really where we were at last week, and we're going to have a little fun battling in the brain, uh, the place where our logic resides, and the mindset it requires to step into abundance. Uh, so that's the next step inside of the uh, the formula, and we're going to talk a bit about the nature of God. Uh, this is a subject I love because I'm at the heart, I'm a very logical guy. And we've talked about this before yep. and I love science. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe that science is, and the math that underlies science is the language of God. It is how God essentially spoke the universe into existence. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As Christians, we're made to feel silly. 
for believing in quote magic, right? The, the magic of the the Old Testament and the Bible, right? Silly Christians, faith is for kids, <laughs> right? If you don't get that commercial reference, you you're obviously too young to listen to this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. So those who think so that's ahead, right? In your in your thoughts, those who think that science is quote done, it's answered everything, believe that through that process. God was taken out back and shot. He's dead. Long live science. Right. Right. Those who think that. A lot of those, uh, a lot of this battle between, here's God and science. That's not Bible based. This battle line was drawn by men. Not by the the Bible. Not by the Bible. Not by God. Absolutely not. It's a drawn, uh, battle line drawn by men of the church centuries ago. That's right long time ago. These men were more interested in holding on to their power. They use it as a power structure. Here we are. And then they were ever interested in seeking truth, much less disseminating truth. Mm-hmm. Their power was based on their current, so that's 1600s, mm-hmm. based on their current understanding of the truth and their faith, not in God, but faith in their understanding of God. Wow. You know, that. That's really interesting because because I'm not condemning these guys. We're not going back and saying that they were. It's just that they unfortunately had skipped from believing in God and what was possible, mm-hmm. and got stuck in their understanding of God. Right. And I think a lot of us do yeah. that. A lot of us sort of get stuck in that understanding of God versus a faith in a limitless, powerful omnipotent, timeless being. While there are many examples from the church of old, <laughs> I think perhaps the most famous is the story of Galileo mm. and his conviction of heresy. Mm-hmm. The Catholic Church, um, the, basically what they believed at the time is they thought the earth was the center of the universe. You know, we're God's children. Obviously, we deserve to be at the center of everything. So in 1633, Galileo was ordered to turn himself by the holy office. Uh, <laughs> man, got sent to the, like the big office. Like, Imagine what the principle looks like there. Oh, Mm. yeah. Big paddle. Uh, So he got sent to the holy office to begin trial for holding the belief, this crazy belief, Mm -hmm. that the earth revolves around the sun, which was deemed uh, heretical by the Catholic Church. So basically to say this, to say it was to say God didn't exist and a whole bunch of other things, Mm -hmm. which is ironic because Galileo was actually a Christian. Um, This was the second time that Galileo was in the hot seat for refusing to accept God. uh, church orthodoxy. And that's mm-hmm. really important there. Church yeah. orthodoxy. Correct. <laughs> right. Underline that if you're taking yeah, notes. That's right. Uh, he was found guilty uh, and his book was banned. Hmm. So I'm not sure if this was the first book banning uh, by the church, but it certainly has not been the last. And the church has been littered with an attempt to suppress information yes. that did not align. I'm going to say this again with church orthodoxy, mm-hmm. with men's understanding of God and the power hierarchies they built around that. Right. And in this particular case, it's a case where the church was clearly wrong. I think even today there are probably cases where this is this suppression is going mm-hmm. on, and it's not quite so clear we're wrong yet. It may ultimately be find out that we are wrong. Right. Uh, but it, but it's church orthodoxy. It's not God Himself that's changing here, right? right? It's our understanding of God. Yes. Uh, so the church did not really believe in God. They believed 
in their understanding of God. That's what they were trying to protect here. Yeah, so that, that little part right there, I think we just need to be real certain about not belief in God, but belief in the understanding of God. Yeah, because that's a it's such a huge difference. And I meet a lot of Christians who have a rigid mm-hmm. understanding of God. I mean, they have a rigid understanding of God, and that is where their faith lives. Right. And they're almost, if you bring them some new reality or some new way of thinking about Christ— uh, or you challenge that, mm-hmm. they think you're challenging God himself, and right. you're not. I'm just challenging your understanding of God. Yes, 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 absolutely. So believing in God is not running from facts, it's not running from science. It is an understanding that all conclusions of science are incomplete at best. Right. So for example, I love physics. Literally, I have a company built on engaging in Newtonian physics. Right. That's what I do. That's right. So I'm not that good at math either. It's not my jam. It's a field of study that I most likely will never contribute You're to. You're never going to be a physicist. That's sort of a bummer, but uh, yeah, that's, that's okay. That's not my jam. Yes, yeah, not your jam. Good uh, but, but there are basically two levels of understanding of physics. So let's just open this up just a little bit. Mm-hmm. We, we said before Newtonian physics, and then the other one is quantum physics. Right. So we got two. Newtonian physics, that's derived from the works of Sir Isaac Newton. You know that guy who apparently was sitting by an apple tree hanging out, journaling, probably. Probably. Working his belief system. Just hanging out. Bang. Apple falls on his head. Boom. Here's gravity. I've just figured it out. That was a cool apple. Yeah, you know. Here we are. That's the origin for Newtonian physics. Now, to describe the orbit of planets, the basic rules needed maybe to build a roller coaster, Mm -hmm. right? This dude was dead on. Yes, the the rules he set up. I mean- This basic understanding mm-hmm. of how everything functions it has been really useful for like the last, what, 16, 30, whatever, whatever year this sure. was, yep. till now. Right. But it's been incredibly, we've built entire societies based off, mm-hmm. and great roller coasters. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, based off of the, the rules this guy came up with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this is a very surface level understanding of reality and how things work. Mm-hmm. It is all we really need to understand in our day to day, but it's not reality. Yeah, because if we had stopped with Newton, uh, there would actually be no need for God. Because in Newton's world, everything is physical, and there's Mm -hmm. these physical laws to describe how everything works. And in doing so, uh, you don't need God, right? Because everything obeys the truth of science, right? right? Mm -hmm. But Newton couldn't explain everything. Mm -mm. Uh, He really couldn't. And like like a thread on a sweater, scientists, which I really appreciate. This is what I love about science. They're... Science, in some ways, is okay with destroying their own understanding. Mm-hmm. Probably way better than the church has been about yes. willing to dismantle their misunderstandings. It's really challenging that, yeah. Right? So, thank God, scientists kind of kept pulling at the thread of these little things that Newton didn't quite get right, or they couldn't quite explain with Newton's theories. And the whole reality sort of started to begun, begin to unravel. Our understanding of, of like, this table mm-hmm. and what we're doing in this room— just started to really uh, change. Mm-hmm. Somewhat ironically, <laughs> uh, one of the things that comes from this is the earth actually is the center of everything because everything extends in all directions forever, meaning that any point you pick to reference, any point in space is the center of everything because it has equal parts infinity extending in all directions from it. Mm-hmm. So in theory, uh, the earth is not the center of the solar system and it moves in relationship to other objects in the solar system. But in a sense, mm-hmm. uh, all objects move in relationship to Earth. Um, it all just depends on what you pick as the other thing in which you're relating it to. Uh, so, And if we relate it to the sun, we move around the sun. But like I said, th- this concept of how you relate it is the beginning of Einstein's theory of relativity. 
And so over time, we sort of arrived at something called quantum physics and quantum physics sort of blows everything up, right? It blows everything up. One of the, one of the experiments that, that really set things on fire was something called uh, the double slit experiment. And I, I could geek out on this all day long because it's incredibly <laughs> interesting. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be really – I'm going to just cover the highlights. Okay, okay. So it's going to get kind of dicey. But just bear with me here. Okay. We'll, we'll bring this all back. All right? Right. But basically, uh, we discovered that light was both a wave, travels like a wave, mm-hmm. and like a particle. And that particles of light exist essentially in all locations along the wave function until we observe it, humans. Okay. Until humans observe it, it exists in all possible spaces in the wave function. The moment we observe it, we collapse what's called the wave function. This is called collapsing the wave function. And light turns into a particle. It basically hmm. now begins to act as a particle. Okay. In other words, reality is not reality mm-hmm. until it is observed by us. Our observations literally create the universe we see in the moment we see it. Because hmm. up until that moment, I'd say uh, wave function of of possibility okay. up until the moment it, it is ultimately observed. And I'm going to, I'm going to butcher the guy's name, but there's a, there's a thought experiment called Schrodinger, Schrodinger's cat. Okay. And basically it's a, it's a, it's a quantum physics kind of thought experiment. It basically says, look, there's a cat in a box. Now, until you open the box, the cat is both dead and alive. It could be either one, mm-hmm. but it's not, it could be either one. It literally in quantum physics is either one. And it is only one of those things when you open it up and you observe the cat. Hmm. And in that moment, the cat is either alive or it's dead. Hmm. Prior to your observation, the cat exists in both states. Oh, interesting. And so that's sort of the the backdrop for this double slit experiment. The particles exist in all states until the moment they're observed and then they exist in one state. Hmm. So as a Christian, <laughs> I find this endlessly fascinating, probably much more than my wife would prefer me to find it fascinating <laughs> and tell her about it uh, because uh, of the way the Bible talks about creation. Mm-hmm. Remember I said the observer, right, creates reality by essentially collapsing the wave function. All possibility becomes one possibility. Mm-hmm. In Genesis 1, it talks about creation like this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was a formless void Mm-hmm. And darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Mm-hmm. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and that and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. There was evening, and then there was morning, and one day. Hmm. So in other words here, we're saying God observed slash spoke. Mm-hmm. The universe into existence, and in doing so, then he created time and space. Yeah, there was nothing before God spoke it into existence. He created that initial observation that literally created the rest of the universe. Up until that point, it was just potentiality. It could have been literally anything. Okay, all right. So Einstein proved uh, that time is not a constant. So basically, the faster we move through space, the slower we move through time. Now, we later proved this to be true by placing one of these little atomic clocks. We put one in an SR-71 Blackbird and kept one on the ground. Mm-hmm. We flew that bird uh, and that clock in that bird several times the speed of sound. And when we landed, compared the clock in the plane to the clock that was still on the ground. The time was different. So this proved the link between space and time. Now, without space, if it's linked, yep. you got no time. There is no time. God created space. Therefore, God must exist outside of time. 
This has all kinds of interesting implications now, mm. not the least of which is dismantling many of our, quote, logical conclusions about what is possible for God. Yeah. We've created a link and we've put them into a box based on that link. Now, like the Trinity, you know, how can God be God and be Jesus and be the Holy Spirit at the same time? If God is not bound by time, he can be all things at once. He can be Jesus on earth and God at the same time. Quote, unquote, time. Yeah, that quote. Because the, the whole mm-hmm. question of whether he can be a trinity is a question of time. Right. You're literally saying, how can he be that and this at the same time? All of us would say, well, I could be God on Sunday and Jesus on Saturday and God back on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Like we can buy into that. What we struggle with is how can he be all three at the same time? And the, the answer to that is, quite frankly, there's no time. Time is not a, a construct for God because he created space. He right. created the universe. Thus, he created time. Thus, he exists outside of time. Mm-hmm. He is the alpha and the omega. The God we pray to is the same God that is still present. This is this is crazy. Yeah, say it. Yep. The God you pray to right now today, the one that you're in communication with through the mystery of prayer right mm-hmm. now today is the same God. He's still present at the creation of the universe. It's the same God hmm. at the same quote unquote time. Right. And this this is the mystery of prayer. How can you pray for something today? And I've heard of many cases where this has happened. Right. So just bear with me. Yep. How, how can you pray for something today? Have it answered tomorrow by a series of events that had to start two days before you prayed. Mm-hmm. Two days before you prayed. So um, what's interesting is this literally happened to us. My wife told me about it this uh, uh, yesterday. Okay. So my wife is getting ready to do her holy yoga certification, which I'm super excited about. Awesome. Very supportive. She's a, but at her heart, she's kind of an accountant person. Okay. <laughs> right. So every dollar she spends on herself, she sort of goes, oh, well, I'm, I'm not spending on the kids or whatever. Mm. Anyways, yesterday she decided to finally submit her. I kept like, don't worry about the money. Just submit your application. Just do it. Because this so is there's what you a, want. So there's a cost associated. Yeah, there's a cost associated. Okay. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be relatively expensive. And uh, I was like, just do it. If it's God's put it on your heart, just go off and do it. Right. So she did that yesterday. Now, in the evening after doing it, she checked her voicemail. Okay. And she had a voicemail from a member of the family. They'd, they'd, they'd footed a, an airline bill for us, and we just were getting around to paying them back. Because uh, they bought a bunch. Anyways, long yeah. story short is left a voicemail and said, just keep that money. Just keep that money. Now, keep in mind, this voicemail was left before she submitted her application. Okay. Said, just keep that money and, we'll, and call it your birthday present. It, it turns out that money was almost the exact number needed to make the first payment, essentially, this whole yoga thing. Uh-huh. And it's little things like that. And, I, and I, there's so many more examples, but that's a real example for me, right? It was a prayer she had that morning. Immediately she gets it solved for. And it solved, it solved it in a way that spoke to her soul, which is mm. she didn't take money from anyone in the family. That money just suddenly appeared, which uh, is just super cool. Yeah. Because we think in terms of causality, okay. right? This is logical. This is reality that this must happen, then that, then this, then that. In other words, A leads to B, which leads to C, and is a chain that cannot be broken. This concept of causality, is, it's, 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 it's reality. It cannot be broken. Therefore, then, the logical among us called this answer to prayer coincidence. They would just say, oh, well, that's just coincidence. Okay. Because how could it be that that happened 
that it happened before you prayed and then it came to pass and then you realized that after you prayed, how is that even possible? Oh, that's just, that must be just coincidence. But there the faithful go. among us, the faithful among us know that we are communicating with the same God that is present now in the moment we pray, but is also present at the beginning of the universe and three days prior to our prayer. He is simultaneously present in all these places. So the moment you pray, you are talking to a God that can set things in motion three days ago outside the natural chain of events, ABC. God can literally, and this is, yeah. it's almost impossible even to, to imagine this. God can literally rewrite your yesterdays. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy, but, it, but it's totally possible. Oh, all right. I love it. I told you earlier that science is starting to come, I think, around to our way of thinking, quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, which is crazy interesting. Yeah. Right. Um, it's almost like a child, right? You know, one, one child, you can say, don't do that. And they'll, no, don't do that. Okay, I don't it. do that. Other children uh, will require doing it several times and bashing their face in. <laughs> And then to go, oh, well, you know what? You shouldn't do this, right? And you're like, uh, duh. Um, and science is sort of, you know, atheist and science and the atheists in the scientific community, which there are many Christians in the scientific mm-hmm. community, but atheists in the scientific community are sort of in the same way, right? Yep. I just feel like they've been bashing their head around the logic of things, the, the what they would consider mm-hmm. base reality. And now they're starting to go, oh, hang on a second. Maybe there's this new and there's a new concept called the uh, the uh, simulation theory. Okay. Uh, so this is one thing that great thinkers uh, of our time are starting to think maybe this is possible. Hmm. And basically that we're all living in a simulation created by more advanced beings. So what we think is reality is actually there's this other reality that's actually got a whole nother set of rules. Okay. Um, my, um, I, as anyone who listens to this podcast knows I really like Elon Musk, but the way he puts it is – if you think of it like this, uh, Pong was the game we played in the eighties. Was like two little blocks and oh, yeah. made a noise. Beep boop beep boop. And that was that was that was the game. Riveting, right? Incredibly, but we played it for hours. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so, uh, but the new games like Call of Duty uh, are insanely realistic, mm-hmm. and they're no longer little squares, right? Right. Uh, you literally can interact with uh, artificial intelligent beings inside of this that give you a more realistic game experience, even if you're not playing against other actual humans. Mm-hmm. Elon Musk says, okay, now imagine that's happened a a thousand times that. He goes, if you give for infinite time, Mm -hmm. at some point we're going to create a a simulation that is essentially as good as reality. And the things in those simulations will think that they're alive. Uh, And his argument is is that enough time has already passed, so we're probably in one. Oh, that we're we're actually in the that we're actually in a simulation now. Stretch time forward. Well, you stretch that same time backwards. Yep. Right. And so, so it's like, oh, so we're living in simulation theory. Well, what's interesting to me is, duh, right? Christians, we've already, we already know this. There is a God. He created the world mm-hmm. and he operates on a set of rules that we cannot fathom because they're outside of time and space. Right. So right. this is God's simulation. Absolutely. Isn't that crazy? It is. Yeah. I mean, these same people are like, oh, how can you believe in magic? Are these guys that are saying, well, we might be in a simulation. You're like, we're like, uh, duh, right? <laughs> we're, we know, right? Uh, quantum physics, which I hold a, in much higher regard than the simulation theory, mm-hmm. actually has something called the emergence theory. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I like this better than the simulation theory is that is this uh, simulation theory is sort of a uh, thought experiment. Mm-hmm. Uh, emergence theory is an attempt to mathematically explain gravity, okay. which while at a Newtonian level, we understand it enough, like I said, to create our world, we actually have no clue what it actually is. Mm-hmm. We have no clue what it actually is. So we're trying to solve for it. And uh, so science, that's why I said science. <laughs> okay. Okay, here we go. Ready? 
uh, you know how they have those big equations on the whiteboard. You know, you probably saw it in Goodwill Hunting. Right? Oh, yeah. They went like nuts, right? Yeah. Like, why, chalkboard after chalkboard has tons of equations. Well, all of the things in those equations represent something, gravity, friction, so on and so forth, heat. In quantum physics, they're actually introducing a new something. Okay. A new something. And that new something is consciousness. What? Yeah, consciousness. Okay. <laughs> Without going too deep here, which you could go incredibly deep. I'll actually link to a video in the show notes that that will explain this to you because it is extremely difficult to understand. But basically, reality as we see it is made of information. And that information is only organized into reality because we exist, consciousness, me, you, God, the world, exists and gives it meaning. If we were not here, if God did not exist, there would be no meaning to this information. Wow. Um, but I get excited as a Christian because this points to something we have known for a long time. Mm-hmm. God gave meaning to the void. So if we go back to Genesis 1, God gave meaning to the void. And as we live in this meaning, as you and I live in this mm-hmm. meaning, in relationship with God, we are creating it. With God, all things are possible. You know, it's funny, like if you go back and you look at science fiction from the 1950s or 60s and you look at, say, um, uh, you look at, say, um, Star Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. How many of those things exist now? Right. That couldn't even be fathomed. I mean, it's so crazy. Couldn't even be fathomed at the time. Now, people will say, well, yeah, but it was just a matter of time before we discovered it. Sort of. But we're creating the reality we live in Mm -hmm. in conjunction with God. And uh, now we can't do anything he doesn't want us to do. No doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's really interesting that this idea that quantum physics is start, starting to, to level on, which is without an observer, without someone to give it meaning, it, does, it doesn't exist. The information doesn't exist nor have meaning. Uh, well, it exists, but it has no meaning. So therefore, it basically doesn't exist. And, right. And, and the way, God, the, way uh, the Bible that was written ago, <laughs> right? before they even understand the concept of Adam, yeah. spoke in very similar terms in terms mm-hmm. of the way the universe comes into existence, which, by the way, uh-huh. we got a real hard time for in like 1950s-ish right. when everybody thought they understood science, mm-hmm. right? And we're like, uh, how could well, how could God just speak universe? It has to be a big bang. You're looking for a physical explanation. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But God works outside the physical explanation, yeah. right? Yeah. That's, right. Yeah. And that, and that idea of uh, like the Big Bang or or something like that from the atheistic point of view. Uh, but atheists are like the old church. They have a belief system uh, that's showing its age, but also unwilling to accept the truth. They try us <laughs> in the court of public opinion. Right. They call us heretics. That's right. They love the simple explanations of how things work. Yeah. Atheist. Right. Yeah. The atheist yeah. does. It's, yeah. it's a simple explanation of how it works. A, B, C, causality. They are unwilling to accept that reality itself is malleable. It is a creation of a great consciousness. As Christians, we call this consciousness God. As Christians, we should not oppose science. In some ways, uh, it's a child who is growing up. It is learning what the wisdom of the Bible has already known. Mm. Right. When I see people who argue Christians are out of touch with reality, I remind myself that these people don't understand the nature of reality. They are distracted by the illusions of this world, right? that Newtonian space that we've yeah. been unpacking here. As Christians, you can hold your head high, and you absolutely don't have to shy away from those kind of, quote, logical discussions. 
Yeah, and and I feel kind of bad because I don't want to hang. I don't want to hang it all on atheists here, like the Church of Old. Uh, I think they are sort of the Church of the New. Yeah, uh, it is. But but even our own Christian churches have sort of shrunk God based off of their understanding of reality mm-hmm. and church, right? Yeah. So I think sometimes the church doesn't want to go out and say bold things because they're just, well, they'll show up on YouTube, for example, and people will make a lot of fun of them because, oh, how could that possibly be in line with reality? And that's part of what the ministry of 1720 is all about. It's based off Matthew 1720, mm-hmm. right? Which states, for truly I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Now, the modern church right. likes to make this a metaphor, but what if, mm-hmm. what if, and again, just think about all what we've talked about, about quantum physics. What if you could communicate with the creator of the universe, and because God is both present today and at the creation of the universe, he could rewrite all the yesterdays and place that mountain somewhere else of your choosing. Mm-hmm. Anytime you feel resistance around what the Bible's saying, lean into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. What's really driving that? What happened? What what? What did you learn that makes you think this is not possible? What did you, oh, well, you know, uh, we know that uh, atoms exist and mountains are made over the long time of blah, blah, blah. I hear you. That's all true. That's all true. I'm not saying it's not true. I'm just saying, what if you had a God that existed outside of space and time? Because you do. Uh And what if all things were possible through him? Mm -hmm. But if you would just lean into that the size of a mustard seed, you would realize that the key to abundance is found in aligning and communicating with the creator of the universe. <laughs> That's literally the key to abundance. And if and if all this project does, mm-hmm. all this podcast does, is make someone think, wow, I didn't realize that reality and science had gotten to a place that almost sounds like what would have been God in 1633. Right. It would have sounded like someone was talking about God. Mm-hmm. Now, there is a group of people who stopped somewhere in 1950 in terms of their understanding of science, mm-hmm. and they've been beating us up with it ever since. Mm-hmm. The reality of it is, and what science is showing us, is that God, he's this timeless God who you could say, if you believed, tell that mountain to get up and move from here, from there, and it would move. And it would require just a little bit. Just a little bit of belief. Yeah, and that's interesting. So I'm going to go back to Proverbs 3. This is verse 5 and 6. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Mm. So I know we've talked a lot about this, quote, understanding and, quote, science. But we did that just to blow up your understanding. Right. Of that old science. Absolutely. Take what you thought, blow it up. So to blow up how you have rationalized God, Mm -hmm. put him into the box, right? That statement. To demonstrate that as we continue to seek in both science and religion, he is revealing himself. That's right. So in that process, belief, faith, that is the key to doing miraculous things. Just like 7220 says. Absolutely. Just It's the key. Have that faith, that belief. Now, over time, we've all been exposed to this simplistic explanation of reality. Yeah. Right? We grew up with it. It's That's in right. classrooms. You hear it. And we're going to lie to ourselves if we think that it is not taking a toll on how we think all things are possible through faith. There's a piece there. What we think is possible if we have faith, if we've not evaluated our understanding, Mm -hmm. nothing has changed for us. We're still looking at the God that we put in a box and then bumping into 
why isn't this working out? I think we have to sort of just recognize that there's been a seepage there mm-hmm. of the ABC causality belief uh, that is just not a real, real thing. Mm-hmm. But what if the Bible was true? Mm-hmm. What, what if, if it's sufficient for all things? What if it's sufficient? What if it's true? What if you didn't have to look outside the Bible for anything else? What if? So we want to help people work through that resistance. That's what we're all about. And actually, um, we want you to sort of take him out of that box and start to fully integrate his life. Because mm-hmm. part of that, you know, when you when you say, oh, well, that's reality and that's God, that leads to a disintegration. Right. Disintegration. Mm-hmm. If you're fully integrated, then reality, ABC causality, I got this, now I got cancer, now what? I'm telling you, God can take a tumor and make it go back in time into a place where it doesn't even exist mm-hmm. anymore. I mean, that's yeah. craziness. Yeah. But that's the kind of God we serve. So we're interested in really challenging people as mm-hmm. they lean into that. And if uh, and if you're interested in that too, uh, we're actually looking for a limited number of people, as I mentioned in the last podcast, to join our, our first coaching cohort where you'll hear more about this this topic, mm-hmm. more about these concepts. Mm-hmm. We actually started to see last week, this thing's going to start to fill up very, very quickly. It will be free. There will be no cost associated with it. So what we'd like people to do, if you're interested in this, uh, is go over to 1720.org forward slash coaching and just sign up there. It's mm-hmm. a real simple form. There's not a lot to it, just your email address and your name. And we'll, we'll start to get you guys involved in this process and just give you the encouragement you need and the information yes. you need to start to dismantle this lie that reality is somehow separate from God and that he is not, you know, he's limited in so many ways. He is unlimited. Mm-hmm. And we just want, we want that to spread. Absolutely. All right. Wow. Well, thanks for spending uh, another chunk of time with us. I just hope that this opportunity to bump into some big ideas was really meaningful. Uh, it really helps me understand where I have resistance and where I need to bump into some big questions. Yeah. And really question that. So if you haven't already subscribed to our podcast, and remember to leave us a review on iTunes and the Google Play, uh, each of those positive reviews raises our rank, and more importantly, it exposes this content to people who would otherwise not hear it. Mm-hmm. That's just valuable. Uh, you can find our links on all of our social media pages. That's YouTube, uh, that's our iTunes, our Google Play. All that can be found at 1720.org forward slash podcast. And that's also a really great way for you to share our content with anybody that you think would benefit from hearing this content. And finally, be sure to follow us on our Facebook page. That's facebook.com forward slash spelled out 1720.org. Don't forget the dot org. That's really important. Subscribe to our newsletter at 1720.org. And that's the wrap. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. It was a good one. Thank you so much for digging into this um, this kind of complicated topic. Yeah. You know, I think it's really important to have an integrated life and to really think that science is just as much proving God as it is ever has disproved mm-hmm. God. I think these are very exciting times we live in. So, uh, Justice, again, thanks for running our board. Really appreciate that. We'll see everybody next week where we will continue to provide you the tools to move you quickly through the formula so that you can experience the abundance and riches God has for you in your life. Take care.